Hi guys, this is Dark Five with me, Rachel Evans, and only Rachel Evans. And honestly, I like it. I can't, I like it, okay? When I did Dark Five, I did it by myself, and now I'm doing Dark Five, and I'm doing it by myself just for this episode. I'm sure I'll have people back because people say that it's unsettling to hear me speak by myself for um, an extended amount of time. But I'm not by myself. My producer, Brandon, is here, right? Yep. Hi. Hi. What's up? So you guys know that I'm not just talking to myself in a room, okay? Yeah, I think there's a camera on me. Maybe they There's can a camera on you? Yeah. Yes. I love a producer cam. Yo. I oh I love that. And they can see oh I, I hope this is always what we do, even though I know it won't be. <laughs> no. Um, no schleppy producer on cam. I'm a schlubby person on like I'm literally wearing my pajamas. Yeah. Do you see me? Yeah. You see it. Okay, I'm wearing cool. My pajamas basically. We, we came here to talk. We didn't come here to, you know, show out for anyone. Podcast. Podcast, We're baby. Uh so anyway, today no, let me preface this. Last week, I did, or two weeks ago, I did uh, the fan-submitted questions, which went over so well. You guys were so receptive to that. Thank you so much for your feedback, and also thank you for questions. I was very upset because I got a lot of amazing questions, and I could only answer but a few. So I decided to do it again right now by myself plus Brandon um, because I, I couldn't, I can't stop talking to you guys. I really can't. Um, and also, I can't stop talking, as we know. So this is part two of fan-submitted questions. Uh, I asked you guys, I did a very cool thing, did a very professional thing on my Instagram story where you swiped up, you filled out a little form, you put your name, and you said you're comfortable having your name read out, and that's great. So your name, and so I'm going to go through the first five. Why did I say your name twice as if I was going to say some new information? <laughs> I think I meant to say something else, and that's what my brain did. <clears throat> it's six in the morning. It's not. Um, oh, God. Cool. Brandon. Rachel. Am I okay? I'm okay, right? You're perfect. I thought so. Okay. You're enough. I Yeah, you know what? I am enough. Max, you're enough. I'm enough. I, some would say too much. Um, so these are the top five fan-submitted questions, part two. Part deux. Um, I have the top five that I've like ordered the, in order of like what I feel the most comfortable speaking to, but I also have a bunch more. I think I got around like 40 to 50 questions in a 24 hour period. So thank you for that. Um, but I'm going to go through the top five and then with the time remaining, I'm going to keep going. So if you don't hear your name, just keep, keep listening. If you know what, even if you never hear your name, you should keep listening. Not five, more than five people should listen to this podcast is what I'm saying. Okay, cool. Number one is Robin Clark, who's been a homie for a long time. She's been on that gram for a long time. Don't think I don't notice you. I totally notice you. Robin Clark, uh, whose Twitter and Instagram handle is Robin with a Y uh, dot AC. So Robin AC. Thank you. Hi, Ma. I bought the Satanic Witch like you recommended. Huzzah. <clears throat> Whoa, coughs a million. Uh, any tips on really on ooh, okay, sorry, language. Any tips on some of the dated language ideology? I'm tr I think that there's a missing word there, but I, I know what you're trying to say. Um, basically, reading the Satanic Witch or anything like that, like anything chaos magic related, any Satanist Satanism related uh, works or readings, can 
<clears throat> Read to be so. I'm so sorry. It's. I'm, I think I'm getting sick. I don't know. I'm. I'm sure I'm okay. Um, but anything in this vein can read very dated and sometimes, honestly, tbh offensive um, to women, to minorities, to. I mean, it, honestly, reading anything. Have you read Brandon? Have you read like Catcher in the Rye lately? Lately? Of course not. Okay, but I suggest it and then be like, oh my God, this ain't good. Like, this is problematic. But everything um, was problematic, you know? Yeah, it's the time. It's the time. So <clears throat> what I try to do, just like with uh, like conversations with my grandmother, um, who was a wonderful, lovely woman, but also would, lo- you know, wants me to da- made a, marry like a Jewish man and have a bunch of Jewish kids, like, Okay, I understand your sentiment, so I'm going to take that sentiment and not exactly the words that you're saying. Although she is a very accepting person. I'm pretty sure that she dropped that a long time ago. After I brought home my first boyfriend and she was like, that's not, that's not Harry from the block, you know? Uh, When you're reading The Satanic Witch, I highly suggest that you take things that you want and you leave things that you don't, just like absolutely anything in life. You should never accept anything as absolute. When you read a book, you have to understand that that's just another person's brain trying to give you their ideas, and you're not always going to want 100% of another person's brain. If you do, then congratulations, you met your soulmate. I don't know if I believe in that either, but that's not what we're talking about. It's a book, you know? So you're going to agree with stuff. You're not going to agree with stuff. You're going to take what you can. You're going to derive what you can. I feel like it's a lot like how modern people think about the Bible, you know? You take what you want from it, and you leave the rest, and you don't take it as, well, I was about to say you don't take it as Bible, which is pretty dumb because I'm literally talking about the Bible. But um, you don't, you know... I don't know. I think the healthiest way to live your life is to take the things that work for you and leave the things to other people because it will work for somebody else, but that ain't it, sweetie. That ain't you. That's fine. Um, And just enjoy the read. It's just kind of a fun time thing, and I think that things like that, you know, anything that I read that's like the Satanic Witch or the Satanic Bible or anything to do with chaos magic or anything like that, I really just use it to open my mind a little bit I don't necessarily adopt everything that I read or else I would be a mess of even more of a mess of a person than I already am so you know take what you want leave what you don't yada yada Seth Carrico I'm pretty sure that I'm answering questions from people that I've already answered questions from but I don't care if they're good questions you're going to be rewarded for it you know okay so just if you're not getting your questions read then maybe ask better questions and I know that your name better questions that's rude I just okay that's so subjective and I don't want to like put anybody off you know Brandon don't be rude to your fans I wouldn't call them fans what would you call not them fans I mean listeners listeners supporters supporters I like that yeah. I like supporters because fans make like I'm not I like wake up and like go to work every day and like need to clean my lizard's cage and like I don't have fans but supporters I think, I yeah, like. I think you might have fans I don't think I do honestly I feel like even people who might consider themselves to be fans of mine, I still think that they think of me as more of a friend. You yeah. know? Yeah. I hope so, at least. Well, Seth Carrico, whose Twitter is Scarecrow0823. I'm really putting these people over. <laughs> wow, good for me. Um, oh, wow. I think, why did I? This is interesting that I decided to answer this question. 
I don't know. I'm sure I was like high and was like, this is fun, but I don't actually have a good answer for it. What's the dumbest thing your parent would never let you watch? Well, the thing is, is that my parents let me watch everything. I had an older sister and my parents had me when they were much older, not much older, but my parents had me when they were like 40. So they were just seasoned, you know, and they treat and I was speaking from a really young age like I started talking I think in full sentences when I was 18 months old so I've been talking for a long time I don't know if you can tell and my I I don't know I always had a kind of a mature relationship with my parents they definitely wouldn't let me watch like sex in the city growing up but who would you know that that's a that would be a mistake if you let your child watch that I think I started watching sex in the city when I was like 15 16 which seems appropriate but when I was like a kid kid huh they wouldn't I can't I honestly I literally cannot remember one thing that my parents were like you may not watch that except for sex in the city actually I'm gonna go with sex in the city because I know but, but here's the thing my mom my mom used to have these Sex in the City viewing parties. And this was back when, so you guys are like listening and you're like, why that's a syndicated show on USA? No, it's not. It was a show on HBO and it was hugely popular in the, what was it, late 90s, early 2000s, mm-hmm. I think. And I was very young, I think, I think when I first, I think when it came out, I might have been in like third or fourth grade. Fourth grade, it feel, fourth grade feels right, but I have no information to back that up. Brandon, did you look it up? 1998. Whoa, I was six. First episode, 1998. Okay, I was way younger. Okay, I was six years old. Makes sense that they didn't want me to watch that. <laughs> See, that's the thing, too, is that like I have an inflated idea of how old I was as a kid because I'm sure we've talked about this before, but I got my period when I was nine. So like when I was six, I was basically nine in normal person speak, you know? So I don't know. I have a weird brain. So... Yeah, I guess it was Sex in the City. My mom used to have these Sex in the City parties where she would invite all of her girlfriends over and they would make Cosmopolitans and they would watch Sex in the City and it was absolutely adorable. And I just wanted to hang out. Like, my mom has a bunch of videos of me growing up and my dad, I, I don't know, I'm just saying my mom. Well, because this story is about my mom, got it. Um, my parents have a bunch of videos of me growing up saying like, oh, I just want to be with the people. And that's, I just wanted to be with the people all the time. I just wanted to hang out all the time. And my mom had her friends over and I loved to hang out with them because they were just like little hams, you know? So was I, a very precocious child. Um, but yeah, no, I, I remember one time she was having one of her Sex in the City parties in our living room and all the doors were closed and I just was like so jealous that something was happening in there and I wasn't part of it. So I walked in right, and you know what's funny, I walked in right at the moment that Samantha was giving somebody a blowjob, but it was all silhouetted, like I didn't know what was happening. I was six or seven probably. Samantha giving somebody a blowjob was probably like, I was seven, that feels like a season two thing. which one but was Samantha? Samantha was the huh, darling. She was the oh. she was the promiscuous one who okay. ended up settling down with the actor. Then she got cancer. It was very emotional. Um, but I remember seeing that scene grow- when I was older, rewatching the show, and I was like, oh yeah, that's I should a six year old, seven year old should not be watching that. But I walked in, and every single one of the moms was was like, no, <laughs> like tag speared me out of the door. Um, but yeah, I guess it was Sex in the City, even though that is not like most. I my, I had a friend growing up who was, wasn't allowed to watch the news. 
Because yeah, her parents were like, ooh, too spooky. I'm like, it's the news. Grow up, bitch. Right? Yeah, but what did you do when you saw that scene? Did Nothing. It, it didn't affect my life at all. I didn't know what was happening. I was seven. Yeah. You know? And it wasn't graphic. It's not like they were watching porn. It was silhouetted. And I, all I remember is, like, I've seen more in art. I At that point, at seven years old, I had seen more nudity in art than I had on TV. Like... I was, my parent. we went to the music. we went to museums all the time. By seven, I was, no, that hadn't gone there yet. But, no, I'd seen a lot of peen, a lot of Statue of David shit, you know? Art, art peen. Art peen, which I don't know if that's real peen. I mean, I do know because I've seen it before, and that's not real peen. That's not what peen looks like. It's not. Yeah. Unless they were different back then. That was number two. I keep, I'm forgetting to do that. Number one, number two shit. Is that, do you guys hate that I'm not doing that? Is that bad? Number five, Robin. <laughs> Number that's your, four, That's Seth. your signature. I know. Okay, I'm going to start now. Keep it. Sorry. Uh, number three, I'm actually really excited about. Number three is Dennis Cruz, who I used to work with at Gersh. Dennis, I love you. Oh, my God. Um, I was, I popped real hard when I saw his name. Here, Dennis, I'm going to, I'm going to shoot straight with you because I love you. Um, I'm going to pick this apart. This is going to be a long one. I'm going to pick this apart uh, in segments, and we're going to just walk through it together. Okay. So segment number one, has there been any concrete correlation between first-person shooter addiction and uh, single-shooter mass murder in America? I rarely see it mentioned, but have a, strong, have a powerful suspicion that it's there. Okay, so let's start here. Um, I have a lot of thoughts about this. I don't think that content makes a person. Um, also, no, there hasn't been any studies done. Um, every time there is like a mass shooting, if they are, if they happen to have a console in their house, they will always mention it on the news. But there hasn't been any sort of like tracking in any sort of like actual scientific way. So no. But what I will say <sighs> I struggle with this because I watched the movie Freaks growing up and I don't want to be a sideshow freak. You know, I I watched wrestling my whole life and I don't want to be a wrestler. So I, I reject the fact that watching or playing or doing something, even if it does put you into the mind of that person, because I would argue that people are different. And for me, watching Titanic when I was a kid, I stayed home from school for two days because I was clinically depressed. So like you don't necessarily need to be in the first person POV to experience something deeply. So like I don't necessarily believe or co-sign the idea that first person shooter and also the word addiction is dangerous because like what qualifies an addiction it's mainly chemical so like I'm not sure about the word addiction here but first person shooter affiliation or uh, passion whatever um hobbyism um I don't necessarily think that makes a person a murderer clearly I mean that's that would be strong power of suggestion there. What I do think 
is that if you have that piece inside of you, something like a first person shooter game could hone that part of your brain. What you're doing is creating pathways inside of your brain that allows for information to be filled through those pathways. And so if you already have that pathway built and then you're feeding it with this information of like first person shooter and you're putting yourself, you're basically playing out your fantasy until you're able to go do it. But a lot can be said about the same with pedophilia I would say actually not to relate (laughs) not to relate video games to pedophilia just stay with me for a second but what I'm saying is that a lot of people will say a lot of if you watch any documentaries on um, pedophilia from from the perspective of the pedophile uh, usually not usually in certain cases they'll say that they watch uh, they watch porn that is heavily suggested to be pedophilic, not saying that it is, saying that, oh, barely 18 or whatever, to help quell that part of themselves that wants to act on that that desire that they have. Um, but what you'll find is escalation. And so if you feed into that part of yourself, generally you will find yourself becoming more and more um, prone or inclined to act on your action or act on your your feelings um and that's just classic escalation of like any kind you see it with literally anything you see it with drug abuse you see it with serial killers you in the way that like they start with hurting animals and then escalate and escalate um and so I do think that there's something to be said about the idea of escalation as it relates to first person shooters and and single person shoot mass shootings in America Um, For sure. But I'm not going to say it's because of that. But the person who's going to do that is going to find a way to to, to justify, whoa, hello, Stuttertown, to justify and validate their own feelings and their own desires. And I don't think that it means that we need to eradicate first person shooters. I think that it means that we need to do better to help people uh, in the way of mental health in America because it's okay to have these feelings. It's not okay, it's it's normal, it's natural to have feelings that you don't understand, but if you're not able to express them and exercise them, then you're going to find different avenues, which uh, as we've seen, not great. So I would say instead of, <laughs> instead of getting rid of first person shooters, we should make mental health uh, a priority and make therapy accessible to more people maybe as accessible as video games huh whoa diatribe much right brandon that was a good answer man oh thanks dude it just reminded me of the time i dropped my cousin off at the army reserve mm-hmm. and at the base there was this huge video game room with all first person shooter that makes sense. Setups, yeah. They're because they're honing their skill, and yeah. like they're also normalizing it. And I do think that there's a level of normalization, but I don't think that it's necessary. I'm not going to say it's not negative because I think that it's happening across the board with everything, though. I think that we're becoming more transparent as a society, and that means like sex, guns, death, mental health, all of it, like it we're becoming exposed to that at a much, much younger age. And I don't know if there's any way to stop it. So that's why my thing is like, make sure that you're taking care of yourself mentally. Make sure that you are strong guarding yourself mentally so that when you experience these things, you're not 
it's not normal to want to shoot people. Yeah. So check it out. Oh God. So that was just part one of that question. <laughs> heavy, heavy stuff. Doggy. Um, okay, cool. And then the second part is equally heavy and a completely different question. Um, recent fMRI studies have found a correlation between brain damage and sociopathy. How does this affect the narrative regarding human evil? Okay, so first of all, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna reject the term human evil because evil is a religious construct. Um, evil doesn't really mean much unless you believe in an almighty good. So I'm it, for the purposes of like science and this conversation, I'm not gonna say evil. Um, but I think what you mean by that is nature versus nurture, the idea that somebody is born with certain inclinations versus somebody is um, is uh, trained, well, not that, reared to have, there, there it is, uh, certain inclinations. So, I mean, I think that it's pretty well documented that brain damage can lead to sociopathy, but I also do believe that, like, there's just because a equals b does not mean that a equals b and c okay let me too confusing rachel um uh, brain we've seen through countless examples through serial killers and other mass murders and also you know just like run-of-the-mill crazy people like ed gein and stuff crazy people is not a polite thing to say and i'm sorry but you guys get what i'm trying to say i feel like i'm allowed to call ed gein a little crazy right he skinned people okay whatever um what's his name ed gein g-e-i-n he's wonderful no he's not wonderful but the, okay let me backtrack he's not wonderful he had a very tough upbringing he was transgender he didn't have the words for it so the only his closest association to women was his mother because she wouldn't allow him to go see any other women and so when she died she, he skinned her and wore her skin and then became infatuated with the idea of this like new beautiful woman he was and then skinned a bunch of other women and then made like belts out of nipples and then lampshades out of chests this is i know tough shit. tough shit right yeah it's hard it's a it's hard out there when you don't have anybody to talk to um Anyway, I think that the association between brain damage and sociopathy is pretty well documented. So I would say that, like, it's I I can't answer nature versus nurture because I think it's both. I do think nature has a lot to do with where you end up. But I think that nurture is the thing that encourages your nature. So if you're born a certain way, if you're born with certain chemical imbalances or lack thereof, like. You know, I feel like sociopathy is like certain parts of your brain are just kind of like sleeping. They're a little, they're a little sleepy. Um, there are plenty of functional sociopaths who live in society, function in society, have families, and deal with that on like a very regular basis because they were nurtured in such a way that uh, like gave them to to the tools to live that way. Um, but I. I think that nature is a little bit less spooky to me than brain damage. So if you're born a sociopath, or I, that's not a thing that people say anymore, I think it's antisocial personality disorder is what they call it. Because um, sociopathy is such, it's kind of like taken on a term of its own and doesn't really mean anything anymore because everyone's calling everyone a sociopath these days. Once American Psycho came out, basically the American the medical board was like well we can't use the term sociopath anymore because now it's that um 
And so they call it antisocial personality disorder. Uh, and to me, that's like a chemical imbalance that's manageable. That's something that you need to recognize at a young age, definitely have consistent therapy for, and make sure that you're managing from like a responsible adult perspective. But it does not make, it doesn't give you violent tendencies. It just makes you less inclined to understand the how right or wrong your actions are. Um, you know the difference, you just don't really care, I guess, is that? Because uh, the the psychopath, whatever, it's not, we're, we're not talking about that right now. Um, but what's a little bit spookier to me is brain damage, because that means that by force something was turned off inside of your brain. So a part of your brain that was active at one point is now inactive because of blunt force trauma. And that's scary to me because it's like, there's something natural about a brain disorder. You know, there's something natural about having a chemical imbalance because ev not everyone, many people do. But when something is shaken out of place, there's kind of no rule book for that. There's no like, there's no, <laughs> where do you go from there? You first of all, you have to figure out where that, where that abnormality is. And then you have to figure out how that affects every single part of your brain because you weren't born that way. You were made that way. And that's not nurture. That's forced. That's forced nature is what it is. Ooh, it's nature, nurture, forced nature. Spooky dookie. Wow. Whew. Anyway, it's not saying that if you get a if, if you get brain damage, you're gonna become a murderer. That's absolutely not the case. But I don't know either. I think uh Do you think people are case? born bad? You ever see the bad seed? No. The bad seed, old black and white film about this child and they find out that um her mo her biological mother she didn't really know her father she the person that she called her father wasn't her real father they actually found her in this serial killer's house and adopted her oh wow and so it skipped her whatever gene that was like the bad gene skipped her and went to her child and then her child was like fucking crazy well that's a little reductive speaking about mental yeah. illness it's an inter uh, oh, sorry. it's a good it's a good movie though. it's a yes yeah, i'm a gonna cool, watch entertaining it movie. i mean i'm 10 out of 10 gonna watch it it sounds like right up my alley it's good good acting, <laughs> good acting. well yeah dennis I, I know that doesn't really answer your question but it gives you my thoughts on the matter so there you go that's all you can ask for i'm not here to answer the world's questions yeah actually yeah that's exactly what i said i was gonna do <laughs> But that's what it is. Uh, Dennis, I love talking to you, and I miss you a lot, and I hope your poetry is going well. You're a wonderful poet. Um, oh, my God, we got a celebrity in the house. Did you know this? We got a real-life Hollywood celebrity in the house asking a question for number two? Yep. Number two. Number two. RJ City. Excuse me? Hollywood's own RJ City, Tinseltown's own RJ City. RJ City, if you guys don't know, is a wonderful, fantastic wrestler and also tremendous show host in Canada. If you want to, I'm going to post w along with this episode, I'm going to post like a swipe up on my story, on my Instagram story to his YouTube show, which is called The Cynical Crafter, I think. Cynical Crafter? Is that what it is, Brandon? Cynical Crafter. I'm pretty sure it is. I'm pretty, actually, I think I'm positive that's what it is. Yeah, Cynical Crafter. Yes! 
he has this one episode where he sings with a guitar man he's like oh it's so sweet okay i love it so much he's very funny and he asked me a fun question and so here we go uh number two Oh, by the way, his uh, Instagram and his Twitter is RJCity1 and his Instagram is RJCity. Please check him out. Um, so his question is, what was up with Sammy Davis Jr. hanging out with Anton LaVey? Well, love that question because a lot of people don't know about like the the interweavings of Satanism and Hollywood. So we could get into conspiracy or we can get into fact. So what I'm going to do is get into fact and then tickles conspiracy just a little bit. Um, the fact is Anton LaVey was a groovy dude. Anton LaVey was like a good time gal. He liked to do drugs. He liked to bang chicks. He was there for the party and everybody was there for the party. And the thing about counterculture is that especially during like counterculture is kind of mainstream now, but Back in like Sammy Davis Jr. times up until Andy Warhol times, I like how I'm not giving time periods. I'm just giving human periods. Whatever. You guys get it. Maybe you do. If you don't look it up, you should get it. But it was a little bit more difficult to express yourself in a like counterculture way. It was a little bit more difficult to uh, dip your toes into the world of freak back then. And Anton LaVey offered that world to many a people. He was also like in – Anton LaVey was – kind of a celebrity in his own right um and it really loved that part of himself like he m not as much as Aleister Crowley but really leaned into the idea that he was this like god of the freaks which I love um and so he offered that to the like Hollywood and celebrity elite he offered that free thinking free sex free drinking like drug-filled lifestyle that they could visit and then leave unfortunately for him like he had to stay in that life no I mean not it seems like it wouldn't be unfortunate but it, it's you know if you're in it it's a little bit sad but yeah anyway that's what it is they offered each other um he Sammy Davis Jr. offered him celebrity and Anton LaVey offered him and also he hung out with a lot of interesting people there are pictures of Anton LaVey with like I don't feel like I can say these words out loud because I can't remember if I found these pictures on the dark web or not. And I don't want to say anything that was going to put me. I've already got. Did you know that I got in trouble with Scientology for like my proper dark five for the dark, the original series dark five? Why? Because they didn't want me to talk about them. And so now I'm scared of everyone. What were they going to do? Are you kidding me? We'll talk off. Do? Oh shit! We'll talk off air about what they have done, and then we'll decide what they can do together. Mm. Um, anyway, that's it. He hung out with a bunch of very interesting people, um, and Sammy Davis Jr. is a dope person, and I'm sure he was a free thinker and maybe did a little bit of chaos magic. Oh, and the conspiracy side of that is just that uh, all just the Illuminati shit. I think it's kind of played out and boring. The idea of like, and also Satanism is not the Illuminati. Ugh, whatever guys. That's why I don't like conspiracy. It's like suggestion that you're presenting as fact. And I can't support that, you know, even though like I, I do think they're fun and like the Mandela effect is fun and fun ones are fun. Okay. And I also want to say that these are not ordered in the like order of priority. They're just kind of like this is what the order they are in. This is what we're doing, okay? Um, number one is Ellie Jane King. 
whose Twitter and Instagram handle is Ellie Jane 1997 L-E-E-L-L-I-E. So I hope you get some followers, Ellie Jane. I like your name. I think it's cute. Um, the question is, how did you first become a Satanist? And if I may ask a second question, you may. What's the best way to find a Satanist community if you don't know of one? P.S. I think you're a queen. Keep up the self-love and body positivity. It's very inspiring. Thank you very much. Uh, my thighs are for you and for no one else. Um, okay, how did I first become a Satanist? Um, I'm gonna drop. I'm gonna drop a tiny bomb on you guys. I'm not a Satanist. I'm. I'm a nothing. <sighs> Calling yourself a Satanist is counterintuitive to the idea of Satanism which is kind of funny and kind of like a little trap that they give you. Um, and I don't subscribe to anything. Like I grew up Jewish. I have Satanist beliefs. I Not beliefs, but I have Satanist, like I, there's certain things that I agree with within the world of Satanism. I, I also don't know. I, I like to live in a world of I don't know because it means that anything is possible and I, I prefer that. And if I call myself a Satanist, it means that I am telling you that God doesn't exist. And I don't feel comfortable saying that, you know? A lot of people feel comfortable saying that. I, I'm not one of those people because I love to live in the world of possibility. <clears throat> I don't believe in the ideal, in the theology of organized religion. I don't believe in the idea of this overseeing God who's like telling you that you can't masturbate. Like, I don't believe in that. I don't believe in a devil. I don't believe in demons because that's all just lore, you know. But I, I, I don't feel comfortable saying that there isn't a a something, whatever a God-like thing is, a goddess, what I hope, I hope, I hope, that's the thing, I don't want to say that there isn't one, because I hope that there's, like, an Angela Bassett goddess, you know, just, I die, I go up to whatever the Angela Bassett goddess area is, and then she's like, congratulations, you made it, and look at me, I'm, I'm everything, I'm what it's always been, it's literally just Angela Bassett, like Angela Bassett from... Angela Bassett fame? American Horror Story or yes. Angela Bassett from like the Tina Turner story? Angela Bassett IRL. Angela Bassett yeah. walking out of a Target, you know? Angela Bassett waking up in the morning. Yeah. That's what my god goddess is. Hopefully. I don't know. Or like Sade or Grace Jones. Wow. Grace Jones. Grace Jones, right? Yeah. Or maybe like... um. What's a regal oof? Like a mm, nice. I like that. Or Prince. I would take a Prince. Prince is definitely in uh, Jehovah Witness heaven. Yeah. I think if anyone, he has his own heaven. Yeah. If anyone deserves one, it's him. Did you know that Prince at, um, you know, the Soho house? Mm-hmm. He had his own room at the Soho house called the Champagne Room. And it was, it was like where there's the big like dance area or whatever where mm-hmm. people like dance the dance area and then there was a room behind it that was all gold and prince would sit in there by himself and drink champagne while people party were partying out like outdoors isn't that gorgeous isn't that just and he didn't need anybody there he didn't want anybody there he was just there living sitting near things but not in things that's kind of godlike it is right it is anyway I don't want to tell you what to believe because I don't know everything. But what I will say is that I do believe that Satanism is a strong community. And I do think that the teachings of Satanism are dope, have shaped my life for the better, and are worth exploring. And if you want to call yourself a Satanist, I say go ahead and do that. 
go on and do that. But sometimes it's just a BuzzFeed title, you know? Um, anyway, I first started dabbling in Satanism um, just out of general curiosity when I was doing, before I was doing Dark Five, I started like trying to figure out what Satanism was, trying to figure out what chaos magic was. And then through during, during uh, the original series Dark Five, I learned a lot more and I adopted a lot more into my lifestyle. Um, and to find a Satanist community is very difficult because if you're talking, there are two branches of Satanism. There's the Satanic, the Satanic Temple and the Church of Satan. The Church of Satan um, does not congregate because that's against the idea ideals of Satanism is congregation and community. It's an individ, individualistic practice, um, and they don't want you to to get together. They don't. They don't. That's not the point. Um, so the Church of Satan, you're probably not going to find any meetups there. But the Satanic Temple is a lot more modern in their in their view of um, what Satanism is, and they like to come together. They like to share um, with people who have similar beliefs, and they also are the people uh, who are super active in uh, charity work. And if you see like the Satanic Temple marching for Planned Parenthood. And they're the ones who sued Sabrina um, because of their repre their representation of Baphomet that they created. Um, so if you see Satanism in the news, it's usually the Satanic Temple. It's a lot easier to find a community of them. Um, so I would suggest checking out Facebook groups or exploring that way. I don't know where you live, so it's a little bit more difficult. But if you just check out the Satanic Temple... Um, chances are you'll find a branch near you. <laughs> Yay! Uh, I don't, I don't really, I don't really party that way because I'm a lone beast. I'm a little bit more the Church of Satan in that way, but I support the Satanic Temple. Um, I think that what they're doing is really cool, and uh, I like adverse thought, which is what I guess makes me a little satanic. Um, Okay, rapid fire qu leftover questions. Here we go. I'm going to get to as many as I can. Here I go right now. Cole, what's the worst date you've ever been on? One time some guy picked me up from a date. He didn't come to the door. He texted me when he was outside. I went inside of the car. He drove me to the open mic he wanted to go to. He's a comedian. He drove me to the open mic he wanted to go to and then left me by myself and I got an Uber and I went home because mama do not play that shit. He also knew my roommate and he was like, nah, can't do this. And I was like, we're in the car. What is this? I hate that. I, ooh, what a guy. Um, he's probably going to die alone, which I'm fine with. Uh, how did you begin your YouTube career? A company reached out to me, asked me to create a platform for them. And so I created Snarled and that is how I started my YouTube career. Um, well, I mean, I created Snarled with the help of that company, I should say. Thank you very much. That company. <laughs> Um, I know it's most likely a dead topic to you guys, but me and my friends are interested in black eyed children. Are you, all the explanations we found are too short or too undetailed. Could you possibly explain them more? Well, what I can do is direct you to the video that I did on the black eyed children. Very cohesive. Um, all the information you should need is in there. And if you don't get what you need from there, then I suggest checking out last podcast on the left. Uh, we've had the host of that Henry Zabrowski as a guest on this show, but he did a a three hour, I think maybe it was a two part podcast. Um, 
uh, on the matter, or you could watch my video. Both are very fun. Mine is 15 minutes. His is around three to six hours. Have fun. Um, nope, not answering that. Sexist ass question. Uh, at what point did you decide you were into horror and the occult? When I was very, very young, I would say like probably six years old, I saw The Exorcist on accident and it scared me more than anything in my entire life. And I couldn't stop thinking about it for probably like forever years. Like I still think about it. Um, and if something stays with me, if stuff, if something can affect me to that degree, I will be interested in it till the day I die. Not a lot of things do that. Uh, wrestling is one of them. Horror is the other. So there you go. Um, okay. Oh God. More Satanism questions, huh? Kira Baldwin says how slightly slender but still strong man only OGs will understand you're right Kira only OGs will understand that was a creepypasta episode I did of Dark Five a long 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 time ago please go check it out it's funny I think it's funny I did it clearly so I think it's funny creepypasta is kind of bullshit um sorry if that isolated any viewers but whatever um Hey, love your channel, Rachel. You're so awesome. Are you a witch? Have you done anything with magic? Have you been to Australia? You should travel there to see some fans. Hey, Ashley. Um, uh, whoa. Okay. Are you a witch? No, I am not. Uh, have I, do I do anything with magic? Yeah, I practice chaos magic on the semi-regular. I would say probably once every three months I do like a new sigil. Um, have I been to Australia? Never been. I've always been afraid to go, not only because it's so, so far away, but also because the bugs I've heard are very, very large. But I, I do want to go. Um, I'm not a very beachy person, um, which probably doesn't surprise you, but I've always, every Australian I've ever met has been a lovely, wonderful person. Everything I've seen about Australia has been wonderful. I'd love to go. And if I do go, I'll let you know. How about that? And then last one, Destiny. Whoa, I like this. Destiny, what makes satanic, satanic imagery or dark imagery so appealing to the metal scene or in general? Uh, love your podcast. Well, I see the, the metal scene does the same thing as Satanism does, which is try to present an adverse perspective to a general audience because they like to create a reaction. Um, and so I think that they probably adopt that because they have a lot of the same ideology in that way. Uh, and I would say that in general, people are fascinated with things that they don't understand, me included. People are fascinated with things that make them slightly uncomfortable, but in a palatable way, something in a way that they can understand and internalize and then make sense of for their own worldview. Um, and I think that the dark parts of people are not often things that uh, they explore or are encouraged to explore. And so when you find something that's encouraging you to explore that part of yourself, you're going to chase after that. Uh, as hard as you can I know that I do and if you're looking for any uh, recommendations one of my favorite um, I would say spooky artists is Hieronymus Bosch who famously created the representation of Baphomet the devil Baphomet slash the devil the devil is not Baphomet but this is you know oftentimes you'll see people regard the devil as like a goat creature that's actually Baphomet but whatever we'll just call it the devil for these purposes. Hieronymus Bosch created the first rendering of what the devil was. And then the church actually adopted that as like, yep, that's super, super scary. That's for sure what the devil looks like. And Hieronymus Bosch, who's just some like whacked out creator, this artist who was on a lot of drugs and had a lot of mental issues, but was an amazing artist, um, created what you think the devil looks like. Collective you, not looking at you, Destiny, just collective you. But yeah, 
check out Hieronymus Bosch. I think he's so dope, and I love his art, and it makes you think hard things. So, yeah. There's that. Whoa. Oh, God. I said so many words, Brandon. Whew. I think I'm out of words for the day. For the whole day? Yeah, dude. I'm done. It's 10 a.m. I know, man. I really <laughs> maxed out early, huh? Thanks so much for submitting your questions. I have such a fun time doing this. I'm sorry if it's masturbatory. I don't mean it to be, but I hope that you guys enjoy it. If you do, let me know. If you don't, also let me know because then I won't do it again. <laughs> um... Oh, by the way, y'all, uh, Dark Five is a CastBox original produced in partnership with Studio 71. Duh. But CastBox is what I use to listen to my podcasts on. It's the fastest growing podcast app on iOS and Android. So check it, check it the check out. I almost said a curse word, <laughs> but I, I won't. Uh, I hope you have a good day. Thank you. Is that, is that a weird thing to say to a person via a podcast? I hope you have a good day. Everyone, go watch WrestleMania. Becky Lynch, main event. Kofi Kingston, oh my God, competing for the belt. It's going to be the best WrestleMania we've had in years. So please go watch it. That's my put over for the day. Oh, they need to rate, review, and subscribe. Oh, no. I'd rather them just watch WrestleMania. Okay, cool. The WWE does not need my help. <laughs> yeah, they um, if you would, please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. It really helps me out, and it, it uh, makes people want to buy more of them, um, which is my goal because I would like to keep doing this, but I can only keep doing this if you guys let them know that you like it. So um, just a little like incentive for the day. So please help me because I want to talk to you more. Okay, I love you. Say I love you, Brennan. I love you. Oh, that's nice. Okay, bye guys.